It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. A down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app, or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Doesn't matter to me as long as you're liking, subscribing, and sharing that stuff around. And those feelings go for YouTube, which you're probably watching this on right now. Want to give a shout out to those people that have liked and subscribed here recently since we launched this channel. Please thank you for the comments. Those always help. We love those five-star reviews. We love those five-tool baseball players, but you know what? We love more than that here on this podcast are those five-star reviews. And on today's episode that is exclusive to the podcast side, it's technically a clips show. We are playing clips from the last few shows that we had because we had a crazy week last week. Lots of shit happened, kind of just putting our mind around everything, pulled some clips from each of the episodes, kind of a best of show or just maybe the most intriguing spots that just kind of came together here to get you some content, to get you caught up, to refresh you maybe here on a Monday morning. And we're going to get into that right after this. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. All right, up first is an excerpt from our podcast that we did previously, right before this show, which is, I believe, titled... Otani goes Showtime with NBC's Carl Tart in this segment. Myself and Carl Tart are talking about, damn, at least we're not Angels fans, right? I feel like the people that got to feel the worst is uh, the Angels fans, which I love and you can love too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's satire for those of you who can't tell him by his tone. Uh, neither of us love Angels fans. You know, I never, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never had, as a as a Clipper fan, I've never had no real beef with Angels fans. Uh, never really cared that much. Um, I do have a couple cool Angels hats. But after going down there to the games, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't. I can't be linked with these people. Yeah, not all of them, just 99%. (laughs) What's going to be interesting, what's Mike Trout going to do? I know that there's rumors about him coming to the Dodgers as well. That would be insane. But if we don't win with that team, if we still are losing in the – so basically, like, I'm afraid that we turn into the the San Diego Padres of the past couple years where they have this huge-ass payroll and they underperform, very underwhelming. 
And we've also we've also had that already. We've also had players like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and we have not won with them. No, but we won with we won with Mookie the bubble the bubble championship. But yeah, I mean, but the Dodgers are going to be there every year. They're like the Braves. They they are and also a good historical historically good team. They'll go after their people. But listen to this. This is this is one I saw on Twitter that was pretty good. This is coming from an Angels fan, so let's sit here and just uh, enjoy this. Okay, this is basically on Artie Moreno. The annual Artie Moreno failure uh, checklist. Signed Albert Pujols, John Hamilton, uh, Josh Hamilton, and Anthony Rendon to a combined 22 years, $624 million in contract. Has failed to invest in the minor league system. Never made the playoffs with Trout or Otani on the roster. Nine active year playoff drought, longest in the sport. Well, it's worse than the, uh, the Mariners. Uh, reclaimed ownership of the team after putting it up for sale last season. Failed to trade Otani in previous trade deadlines when they were uncompetitive. Went all in at the trade deadline this year to only DFA and waive almost every player they acquired to get under the luxury tax. Lost Shohei Otani to a crosstown rival, a failure of an owner and a failure of an organization. Artie Moreno's tenure as Angels owner will be remembered as one that wasted two generational superstars. Yeah, he's right. He's right. That that team should not have been as bad as they were. Right. I mean, if if you're a Mariners fan out there and you're like upset about this and you're talking want to bash our organization, listen, go look at that. It's yeah. all right there. Which one do you think is crazier? The all that money to Hamilton, Rendon, Albert Pujols, or do you think it's the never making, not even the playoffs with Trout? Or, and not even the playoffs. Not even the playoffs. Like Trout, Trout is arguably the best player in baseball. Otani came in and and you know became same way up there. You got two of the best players in the sport, and you can't even make the playoffs. Now I know baseball ain't like basketball, and you know. It's kind of I keep bringing up the Clippers in this situation because I I liken the the Angels to the Clippers in the way that they are the second team in the largest market in America, and they also for years now now the Clippers don't but for years had a incompetent ownership group who would do things at least but at least this guy spends money. What 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 do you think? It, what do you think is the problem? I, I think he's had a lot of bad luck because they they go after it. They did the the Angels owner does go after it. Like I've said many times on this podcast, I go, you know, when you're going off going off paper, that doesn't mean you're going to be there at the end. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But you go and you look at the Angels roster every year going into spring training or in the off season, you're like, damn, I'd take that lineup. But yeah. they have had. I mean, Trout's been injured a little bit these last couple of years. Otani's uh, gets banged up here and there, but the thing is, they give you enough. They give you enough to uh, win you the games when they're there. That e you would think that you could pick up some of the slack. Baseball such a long season, but it, Angels just—they have not been able to get anybody on the mound. Um, not making them. Not making the playoffs is crazy. That's the that's the craziest part to me. But those two people on the team, I I could I could look at it going, hey, you have these two players on the team, and you don't get you don't win a World Series. That's a disappointment. You know, like that's disappointing. Not getting to the playoffs is an absolute failure. So that's what yeah. I mean. That makes me feel good about a Mariners fan is going yeah. like, 
hey, he's out of our division. Him and Trout have beaten the crap out of us for since they've been there. Now, later in the show, we ended up calling the ninja. If you follow along with the show, you will recognize the ninja's voice. He is our local house wine, our house band, uh, the well vodka of Otani, of Otani sycophantness. Uh, we gave him a call. He was a little bit bummed about this Otani thing and a little bit in denial, but he also brought up what the Mariners should do now that Otani has signed there, which is pretty interesting. Let's check that out. You got signed J.D. Martinez. I think that's a must. Yeah, because... They're comparing that how much like improvement Otani's going to be over J.D. Martinez from last year. And it's like the Dodgers paid... $60 million for like, you know, not much batting, you know, not much improvement over your DH from last year. But so I hope, you know, Mariners get JD Martinez, learn from their mistakes. Yeah. I mean, with Otani going there, that's a, that's a, that's a, you can't have the two DHs. So he's gone. Mm -hmm. anyway. uh, Those are going to put, you know what, Otani at first base and they got Freddie Freeman there, right? Yeah. Look, that was at the end of our last show, which you can scroll back and check out. That's the show before this one. But I felt like putting that clip on here because I feel like that is a very intriguing name. D. Martinez. We heard what Jerry had to say last week of like, hey, we need one and a half outfielders. But also, if we end up having a just a middle of the order, like stationary type DH, a traditional DH, DH, I should say, we might see that. And if we are going to see a traditional DH, he's got to be number one on the list. So I think this is something perfect for us to talk about on the next episode. So I just want to kind of like sprinkle that or tease that. This is definitely going to be an episode or a topic we are going to get into. Now, this next segment got a lot of traction on YouTube, also made the Reddit rounds. It's our discussion about a name that the Mariners were also linked to, and that is Cody Bellinger. Um, so Hanno and myself are kind of breaking down how he would fit in a Mariners lineup or with the organization, and if it's even possible given the circumstances about the Mariners' financial situation. Let's check it out. There's big talk. Mariners are linked to him. I don't know where they're going to get the money. I don't know what else they can sell, but... Uh, I guess Cody Bellinger, there's reports he's linked to talking with the Mariners, but he's a Boris guy. It looks like it's going to be $250 million to $300 million. Uh, $300 million seems a little bit crazy for uh, Cody Bellinger. He's going to be 28, but he definitely has turned around his career. I don't. Did he go to driveline last year? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever he did, maybe he sold his soul to the devil. Maybe he's, I don't know. He's a, uh, let's look Cody Bellinger up. What are your, okay. What are your feelings about Cody Bellinger? I've seen a, quite a bit of him down here in LA over the years, but. Uh, um, My thoughts are this. Uh, I think he's a great player. Uh, the report I heard was from JC Morosi saying that he lives in Phoenix. And since the Mariners train in Arizona, that uh, he thinks that's a good fit. Well, half the league trains in Arizona, JP. So uh, 
Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's and the worst so, fucking hunch I've ever heard. Those 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 uh salary numbers to me, um they don't fly with a Mariners team. I'd like to have him a lot. Yeah, I think he's a great player, but I, in my, if I had to guess, I think he's going back to the Cubs. Yeah, if you know, I think with Soto at the Yankees at the time this goes out, Cody Bellinger, I think, is the guy that is going to profit the most out of this free agency out of anybody. Otani is going to get the Otani numbers. And then after that, we all know last year was the year to buy. 2021 was the year to buy. This is the year where there's not much left on the shelves here. And when you put up 307, 881 OPS, slug in 525, on base percentage of 356, knocking in almost 100 runs, stealing 20 bases, you can play outfield. You can play first base. Uh, former MVP. He bet on himself last year and couldn't have made a better decision. Yeah. He did bet on himself, and he is going to win when he signs on the dotted line here in the uh, 2023 20, offseason in the 24 regular season. He's, he's going to cash in. Uh, Mariners, though, we're seeing right here, John Morosi, like you said, it says here, the Mariners are considering Cody Bellinger among their free agent options, as he reported. And like you said, he lives in Arizona. He likes to train in Arizona. Arizona has lots of Dave and Busters, and in the greater Seattle area, specifically at the Linwood uh, Alderwood Mall, there is a Dave and Busters. So there you go. That's some hard-hitting stuff. But, uh, I mean, when you look at Cody Bellinger, let's not forget 2017, 2018, 2019. I know that was a while ago. That's when he was 20. That's when he was 39, 25, and 47. And you go from 47 to 12. Now, that was the shortened uh, COVID season. Uh, 2021 had a bad year. 2022, uh, the numbers went back up a little bit. But last year, it was buyer beware with this guy. You know, he went 239, 165 in 2021. Uh, nobody knew what this problem was. 210, and then you jump up a whole nother 100 points. Is this a... And 100 points, and let's not mention the highest batting average he ever had, including when he was an MVP. Uh, do you think this is sustainable for him, or do you feel like you could see him kind of coming back down to closer to those 20 through 2022 numbers? I think he's going to be uh... – I think he's going to be – he's going to still have a good career in, on the higher end of his career so far. I think that's how he'll project. I mean, I don't see him dipping that low, but I don't know how he's going to turn out. I mean, to me, he looked just high back in those days. So, I think he was hitting the weed pretty hard and having a good time. And so, he comes yeah, up here, I mean – yeah, there's some good weed up in Washington too. So, but I just think he's. Uh, I mean, he literally looked high to me. <laughs> so that's what you're going with. He was yeah. high. He was high. Well, I'll tell you what the big change with Cody Bellinger was from 2022 to 2023. When I just look at this, 
struck out 150 times in 2022. He struck out only 87 times last year. So whatever he's doing to bring his strikeouts down, that's what I think is a great fit for the Mariners. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. I did catch something. You know exactly what he did to improve? What? He went. He did that two. He changed. He's got a two strike approach. Something I did hear something about this. He is going back more old school. You know, back to uh, you know when you had Brett Boone on him talking about that. He has a legitimate two strike approach that he's changed and has helped his career out. I'm glad Maybe. you jogged my memory. Maybe I'm high and couldn't remember, but you jogged it. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you hit that moment of clarity there. Maybe I should. Add that Brett Boone um, two-strike approach on this pod. It's just like a three-minute segment. I know we did that in the middle of a frustrating season last year, but that's a big change. I mean, you're going back to 2017, 40, 146 on the strikeouts, 151 uh, in 18. and 19, when he was the MVP, struck out 108 times. Uh, you know, it's pretty evident here um he only played 95 games though in 2021 and only 56 in the shortened season so let's just combine those two because that's one season right so anytime he has kept these these home run the strikeouts i should say down around 100 less than 110 you have last year and you have his mvp season um he's had four really good seasons out of seven and a half seasons. Um, as far as slugging uh, last year, 525 when he was MVP was uh, 629. That's out of this world. But this guy is a 493 lifetime slugging, um, you know, 260 hitter after it's all said and done. And uh, this is interesting to me. Now, I don't know how much you'll see this going for forward, but uh, he's stolen 82 bases in his career. He's only been caught. Uh, he's only been caught 20 times. So three out of four times he's, he's safe. Um, that's not bad. And besides, uh, besides 20 and 2021, 20, well, Let's just say he played the whole season in 2020, except for 2021. This guy's playing 130 plus games every year. Yeah. Reliable seems to figure out and got back on track, got superpower, can play great defense. You mentioned he can swipe a few bags here. I mean, he'd be a great fit for the Mariners, but at that price tag, I just do not see it. No. I mean, if you're going to spend 300 million, you might as well spend 500 million and get Otani. <laughs> that's my old I mean, if the, let's say the Mariners do did get him I mean that's the only move that they're going to be able to go with wouldn't you say yeah this offseason oh yeah if you if you sign Cody Bellinger at that point you're just you're just picking up guys that want to uh need a job you know you're not you're not signing anybody over five million again after after that i mean yes you've shaved quite a bit off for this year i think you got room for one 
one of these guys, and then you're going to have to trade if that's exactly what if you're going for offense, but which they need to. What do you mean? If you are, they are. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I do feel like he is going to be a Chicago Cub again. Uh, they loved him. Um, that's a big market. They're going to come up with the money. You know, John Stanton doesn't know where his Macy's cards at. Uh, so that's why I have a hard time seeing Cody Bellinger coming here. Um, Otani just, we're not saying anything about it. He doesn't want anybody talking about it. We're not going to talk about it until, until he's signed somewhere. Good. Uh, but, Cause he's not coming here. <laughs> and what would you give out one out of 10? Do you think Cody Bellinger is going to be a Seattle Mariner? I'll go. I'll give it a two for Kenji Jojima. <laughs> oh, number two. I remember Kenji. I was like, for a second, I was like, were they really tight? Um, uh, I want to say the Cody Bellinger signing here. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, the reason I'm going to give it a four is just because maybe, maybe somewhere in there. John Stanton and the Mariners will be trying to write the ship a little bit for perception, for ticket sales, for revenue sales, what have you. But more, like I said, four out of 10, you're, it's probably a three. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I just, we're Mariner fans. We've seen this year after year after year. Do not trust these guys. Do not ever once think that they're about getting riding the ship that is not how they operate now the biggest news of last week clearly otani second would have to be soto to the yankees and third would be the seattle mariners trading jared kelnick to the atlanta braves along with marco gonzalez and evan white but this clip got quite a bit of comments and a lot of downloads and quite a bit of views on YouTube. And that is us talking about how Jared Kelnick will probably fit over in Atlanta and also a little skepticism on like, guess what he may, what he may have brought to the Mariners and also how the Mariners mismanaged him as well. But... Back to Kelnick, just to wrap it up, unless you want to keep going on with it. I think this is a really good thing for him. The Braves are a great organization. Kelnick is going to be in a lineup that I had hoped Seattle would build for him. He's going to have no pressure on him. Sure, he struggled at times, high fastball, um, you know, recognizing pitch, facing lefties. But Atlanta is Atlanta. They looked at Kelnick for a reason and they think they can fix him or improve to what his potential is. I think it's going to be a great thing for him. And I would expect him to really have a good season. And and you add a veteran left-handed pitcher to a team with that lineup. I mean, Atlanta Braves right now out the gate, as far as this trade, you know, in this sandbox, they have won. If you're Atlanta right now, you've got to be ecstatic about this. In fact, oh, there we go. If you're watching on YouTube, where's that? You got that Braves blanket going. Oh, keep yourself warm tonight. It's probably chilly up there in, in Washington, isn't it? Yeah. it's. A, I mean, it's raining like Mariners fans' tears coming down out of the sky. Just another shocker.
Now you, you, you a key word that you said right there. You said Braves lineup looking. So I, as you were going on there, I, I pulled up the fan graphs. They already updated it. They already have Jared Kelnick starting. You want to hear it? You got Ronald Acuna. You got Ozzy Albies. You got Austin Riley. You got Matt Olson. You got Marcelo Zuna. You got Michael Harris the second. You got Sean Murphy. You got Jared projected in there, hitting low in the lineup at eight. For me, I really like that outfield. I mean, Acuna uh and Kelnick and left and then their center fielder who we saw up in Seattle you know wow you look at Atlanta and you look at the Dodgers last year these are two teams that you thought was going to be a shoe-in for the NLCS uh shit happened uh they're adding on to their team somebody that he's got zero pressure to carry this team and, you know, he's aligned himself up in a lineup with another big superstar on the same or maybe just a little bit above the level of Julio. Yeah. I mean, that outfield is uh, defensively, yikes. They're good. Uh, Cunha. Yeah. You mentioned Harris. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Uh, young player. I mean, it's funny you mentioned uh, the Dodgers, too, in that part of your 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 uh your talk there i mean they were they were in on kelnick last year or it was rumored that they inquired about him so it's just interesting that these two quality franchises are asking about jk you know and is this going to be something that comes back and bites the mariners as far as what he turns into but i he's he would have never reached in my opinion his potential with the mariners as what he probably will with the braves Think about it if you're the Mets. Now he's back in the division, the first people to get rid of him. Um, and also the amount or the return that you're getting. I know that we're, we're, we're being fortune tellers of going, this wasn't a great trade. We didn't win this trade. But it's, it's hard to see that. I know it's an instant reaction. But, I mean, this to me just seems like, hey, we just – as an organization want to cut ties with Jerry Kelnick. And at the same time, I'm not sitting here and going like he was the chosen one. The chosen one is Julio. And that's what we have to remember. But at the same time, I don't feel like Jared Kelnick got a fair shake at being brought up with out the pressure of being like, you need to perform right now because we're in a pennant race and we don't have any other options because we didn't bring anybody in in free agency and we didn't do it again. And we put you in this situation again. And, um, and we're going to hit you lead off. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but I do feel like if he was brought up a different way, if he was in a different organization where he didn't have as much, pressure on him to be like hey we're we're putting the team on your back you're you're gonna save us uh uh and you have to play every single day i mean the plan last year was that he was going to be a platoon player and to his credit the people that he was paired with to be a platoon player aj pollock whomever uh didn't pan out and he was showing signs of, Hey, he could be an everyday hitter, everyday player. 
you know, his average dipped after April, but I, I think we talked about it on here where it was going like, wow, yeah, he he has he has been kind of slumping, but you wouldn't know because of every hit he had and everything that he did was like big moment, big hustle, um great play in the outfield. Like he contributed something to the team positively so much. And then you have the water cooler thing, and then it kind of triggers you back to like, oh, see, he's he's not changed. But again, he's young. So it's just one of those fuck. It's always going to be what if moments, especially if you know he turns his career in the direction that we all think he can. And I think the biggest thing to me is again the return of what you got for him. Why he was part of this deal. Um, I get it, but I also am like that. That's the part that sucks. Like. Like we said when we were starting here, like I could see if you made a trade maybe last year or something for something that you really needed. Like we need this right now. And, you know, getting somebody who hasn't played in the major leagues and somebody with like, you know, the pedigree of the other guy, you're like, it's, it doesn't feel good. And um, I do feel like no matter what the, where the Mariners go from this, when you, isolate this just to right now unless one of these pitchers just turns into like the holy fucking god of pitching i feel like atlanta definitely for where where they're at definitely this is a good trade for the atlanta braves all right i know everybody it seems like is in an uproar about the jared kelnick trade and i think it's more a product of everything else. And this was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, especially on the week, not getting Soto and Otani signing his $700 million contract. People really want to like, just dig into this. That's why we got a lot of comments and downloads and all that kind of stuff. But there are people out there that don't really give a fuck. And one of those is my 92 in a half-year-old grandmother, Grandma Norma, you know, a regular contributor to the show. Here's her thoughts on the Jared Kelnick trade. Hello? Well, Grandma, Jared Kelnick, no longer a Mariner. He's an Atlanta Brave. What's your feelings on it? I, uh, my feelings are on this is that I really don't care. That I, he wasn't one of my favorites. The one that kicked the water cooler? That's who he is. He was very passionate. Yeah, well, maybe he could go get a job with the Seahawks as a kicker oh. if things don't work out with a lot of brains. So you didn't I like mean, you didn't like his attitude? No, I didn't care for him at all. But uh, I, I was always under the impression that you kind of liked him when they brought him in up there. I did, and Han Hanson he he Hanno really really liked uh, Jared Kelnick. Does, does Hanson like him? Well, he wasn't my favorite, I'll tell you that. So I can't, uh, I wish him luck, but I, I can't shed any uh, tears over him going. Yeah, so you're just, you're looking forward to what uh, Jerry DePoto is going to add to the team here. Well, I hope they get some new, new pictures and uh, leave the rest of the team kind of alone. Well, she's in luck. We got two new pictures. <laughs> All right, Grandma, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Now, Grandma Norma also wanted me to add, and she sent this to me via text, that the one thing that she's really having a hard time 
grasping on and moving on from is the trade of Eugenio Suarez. That was one of Grandma Norma's uh, very favorite people on the team to watch. But moving right along here, we have a clip that is about another uh, trade partner that seems to be our main trade partner that we keep seeing uh, rumors about and have in the past been uh, a quite frequent trade partner, and that's with the Tampa Bay. And this this uh, segment specifically looks at Randy Rosarena, Isaac Paredes, uh, Glasnow, but also kind of focuses on Hanno's point of view of that it is buyer beware with Tampa when dealing with them. Let's check it out. You think it's with Tampa Bay, it's they want starting pitching and they want right now ready to play pitchers. You don't see them or the Mariners dealing for somebody like I was asking, um, like a young, a PD, a, a board, class A. I mean, I don't know. Jerry seems to really hold on to his prospects. Um, anything's possible with this team. I was expecting them to spend last year. They didn't. I was expecting them to load up this year, kind of. You know, they talked about the core. This is the time. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. It's something daily with this organization, what's going on. Okay, so let me re-ask this a different way, I guess. If it's you and you have to get rid of something, you know, to get that hitting that you want right now in this window. Are you, are you dealing deeper down into the farm on some of your hot prospects or are you parting ways with Wu, uh, a Miller, possibly a Logan, possibly a brash. What are you doing? I mean, it, it all depends on the scenario for the package. Let's just say for fun, since we're talking about a Rosarina, um, I don't know what Tampa wants. Uh, they've been a little bit. I read they've been talking about getting rid of glass. Now they're, you know, really good quality pitcher. Um, maybe they'll need someone to uh, slide in for that. If they have corresponding moves, um, I would just think, I would think they'd want pitching. That's the talk of baseball is our young starting pitching. Um, I could see I could see Logan going. Uh, if that was the case, then if the Mariners were able to then have any extra money in the piggy bank and swoop up Snell, who wants to be there, be here, then uh, that's something that could work out. Yeah, I mean, Glasnow, let's see, 21 starts last year, 10-7 and seven record. 3.53 ERA uh, over one uh, whip. Let's see, uh, 120 innings pitched, 162 strikeouts. Uh, but the main thing is he's got a he's got more of the heftier contracts over there. He's age 30, right? So, and first year back from arm surgery. So this is definitely somebody that. If you are getting a Rosarena, this seems like this would be probably the top candidate of who they also want you to take. Oh, it would be a massive package for a Rosarena and Glass now. I mean, yeah, you would have to start throwing in those guys you mentioned from down the, in the farm. Uh, next year, oof. yeah, he's a arbitration uh, 2023 
he was uh five million five this last year he was five point three uh his salary for uh twenty twenty four says twenty five million that's why Tampa wants to cut bait yeah and that's why I'm saying this is somebody I feel like if you're gonna get in a Rosarena who's what like nine million dollars next year uh that we are, you're going to see them unload somebody like this. Like this has got to be the guy. So is this why the Mariners were cleaning, uh, like scavenging around for the money? Cause they know that, Hey, they got to spend some money to get this guy along with what you're sending. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned if those two were in a deal and Rosenthal said that the Mariners need to, uh, find some money, like you said. And, uh, um, with clearing out the guys that they did, maybe it is a massive trade like this. Who knows? Rosarena uh, was played, uh, had a great calendar year of baseball last year. WBC All Star, um, dude's a baller. Dude has swag. I, I I'd love to get him. I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, I mean, if, if the opportunities there with the window. If you are maintaining a lot of your pitching, I I would have to pull a trigger on this guy. You know, he's been to the series. He's a ALCS, you know, MVP. Yeah, we need offense. What is his contract up? Well, this is his second year of arbitration in 2024. So he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2027 obviously that number is going to go up and up until you get there but i think you're getting a guy if you get him a guy right there in his prime not ascending in he's like sitting right there in his prime right now it's 28 he'll be 29 next year by the time he's an unrestricted free agent because he got a little bit of a late start coming from cuba he's going to be 32 years old yeah, the Mariners want controllable players. So, yeah, he's been rumored. I'd love to have him. And it seems like that is what's going to happen if if anything happens as far as a big trade for player. I would think that's going to be the guy. There's just been enough smoke between Seattle and Tampa Bay, and they just seem like they're the type of dancing and trading partners. Yeah, they sure had a lot of trades. And, uh, no, some of them have not really worked out for either club that that well. Yeah, it's you like know, they, from what they were expected to be, at least. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Tampa Bay has sent out some lemons. Yeah, they're they're like you mentioned earlier. They are very very good at knowing when to cut bait. So you have to be a bit. I think the best guy we got from Tampa Bay, um, in recent whiles, I'm going to say it, Denard Span. Uh, you, know, you know, that had a, that had like a positive uh, effect on the team, no real bumps in the road. I mean, everybody else, it seemed to be up and down. I know Randy Wynn, if we want to go in the way, way back machine, you know, Randy Wynn for Lou Pinella. Uh Randy Wynn was a nice little solid player, but in between that, it's been, it's been a little rocky and you've seen them also. What was that pitcher that they traded to Pittsburgh? Um, he ended up in Minnesota. Gosh, I forgot his name, but he was a he was a really good starter. Archer. 
Archer kind of fizzled out. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised you mentioned Darn's fan. I know you run an undercover uh, <laughs> um, fan club for him. <laughs> yeah, Denard's fan was a nice little left-handed bat, man. Played solid. He hit 300 for the Mariners. He came over and his season was going a little bit, uh, you know, not Denard span like. I think he hit like 304 the entire time he was on that 2018 team that was just going down, you know. Yeah, the wheels fell off. Everybody knows the story. Um, but, yeah, Tampa Bay likes to trade. The Mariners, you know, Jerry loves to trade. And maybe Jerry enjoys trading, but now we're really getting to see why he's got to trade so goddamn much. You know, he's got to go to the flea market. He can't go to Macy's. Oh, yeah. I mean, trade it's... Turnips. Yeah, it's... I was just hoping this would be the year where, you know, we're building, we're adding on. Yeah, we start to get, you know, get rid of these high prospects to get the superstar player to finish off the rebuild. But now we're just taking lateral moves, and that sucks as a Mariner fan. All right, at the top of the show, you heard in the clip with NBC Carl's Tart, he used the word satire. So I think I'm going to bookend this thing with a little bit of satire. Uh, this is a uh, fun article. Actually, it was a post on their Instagram by The Needling. If you have not seen The Needling or read their stuff, go check them out on Instagram. They are like The Onion, The National Lampoon, kind of like the almost live uh, style uh article writing about uh, Seattle and Seattle pop culture. They also will always chime in on the sports stuff. They had a really good posting that I read that I thought was really smart, really funny, very satirical. And then also I was kind of like, wait a second, this almost feels like a real article about how crazy things were. Like if I would have just read this somewhere and been like, wow, this is insane. But as I uh, clip this and put it on here, I noticed after that on that episode, we were talking about Sweet Lou, our beloved Lou Pinella, missing out on the MLB Hall of Fame by one vote. And I think actually I'm going to add that in there. We love Sweet Lou. We know he's going to get in next year, but I feel like that's a fitting way to end this episode. Again, thanks for liking, subscribing, and all that good stuff. Check these clips out and also check out these episodes if you had missed them. That's kind of what this episode's about is going back and checking those out. And also this week, if you have commented on these on our YouTube, on our Twitter, on Instagram, or anything like that, or Reddit, uh, keep them coming this week. We're going to do a comments episode or a fan feedback episode or listener feedback episode that we'll get out by the weekend. So get your comments in right now. Anyways, I'm going to shut up and let you sail off to this last segment. Again, this is the needling. This is the clip about the needling episode and a little bit of talking of Sweet Lou. Uh, I, there was another article that was out there that sounds eerily similar to basically what Daniel Kramer was doing it, it was by the needling and if you have not heard of the needling it is like the onion it is like the national lampoon the almost live kind of news postings that is seattle centric well they had some insight on this and uh, uh let me just read this article and though it is a 
you know, a satire article from the article that we just started with at the start of this show. You can see some truths <laughs> in this article here. And this was written before Daniel Kramer wrote his. This is from a couple of days ago. It's on the needling. If you're on Instagram, they're there, they're they're great. The article is titled. Seattle Mariners announced you are playing outfield next season in the latest cost-saving move. All right, let me read this for you guys, because this actually kind of reads like the rest of the articles, like I was saying. You be the judge. And it reads, Despite bragging about being the most profitable team in baseball just last year, today the Seattle Mariners have announced that you will be playing outfield next season in their latest cost-saving move following the recent salary dump trades of Eugenio Suarez, Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White. Quote, Management is asking us to tighten our belts again so we don't have to spend any money to get help for the team. So, we're going to be putting you in the outfield on opening day. We can't afford to provide that either. End quote. Said Mariners GM Jerry DePoto. Quote, You'll be fine. Just stand there and let Julio cover most of the grass. And when you get up to bat, try to get hit by a pitch like Ty France. I mean, this can't turn out any worse than our Tommy LaStella, AJ Pollock, Colton Wong, Adam Frazier, and Jesse Winker moves, right? Right? End quote. The Mariners ranked 10th in attendance in 2023 after finally breaking a 20-year playoff drought, and ownership was quick to reward fans' enduring loyalty and patience by raising ticket prices 25% while teasing fans about a potential Otani signing that everyone knows they won't shell out the money for. Quote, These ungrateful fans will be a lot more appreciative when they realize these moves will just get us closer to signing Otani. That's right. Craig Otani, a shoreline mechanic that plays softball on the weekends at Green Lake, end quote, said Mariners CEO John Stanton, quote, he has great fundamentals. He never misses a game because of car troubles. And this Otani hits, pitches, covers shortstop because they don't want to forfeit when they can't find nine friends to play with. And just think of all the Otani jerseys we'll be able to sell at a fraction of the cost, end quote. Mariners ownership also announced that in 2024, ushers would start passing around a collection plate at home games to raise funds for future ownership investments that would be utilized anywhere but on the field. I mean, if you were just reading that article, not knowing it was from the needling who does great satire pieces, that sounds about right. It sounds kind of accurate. sounds believable to me. Oh, it's it, it's good. It sounds very accurate and very similar to Daniel's in some aspects. And it just another thing gets brought up that just irritates me: the raising of the ticket prices by twenty five percent. I mean, what's going on here? I just the fans are the last with this Mariners organ or ownership. It sucks. <laughs> it's, I think my favorite part of that that whole article is like. All right, you'll be playing outfield, but bring your own glove. We will not be providing one. <laughs> they don't have money for that. Yeah, the, the the Sunday afternoon pop fly contest is actually tryouts now. Yeah. Uh, there's some good comments here on these. Uh, people excited for Craig Otani. Put me in, uh, put me in coach. Uh, let's see. Uh 
this is at Shawak. Let's see who wrote this. This guy, whoever wrote this, uh, Wak is his name. I'm looking at his. Wakamatsu? Shwakamatsu. Oh, oh, they said Wak, sorry. Yeah, I would love to have some of these uh, needling guys come on the podcast one time. They actually do cover, do a bit of a Mariner satire, and I think they, they get it right. They get it from the fans' point of view. They do a lot of like good sports satire articles. They got one about Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, Climate Pledge Arena to offer a hot dog, small drink, and a kick in the throat for $49.99. Uh, they have a Mariners one that says shoplifting, jumpstart, tax misdemeanor, drug use, force Mariners to miss uh, MLB playoffs. Oh, that was from earlier. But uh, yeah, I, I just it, the thing is when you start when you're or when you start to be when you start to become that satire, become that joke instead of laughing along with it, and you become the joke. That's how crazy this is like if you'd have just taken this article and maybe took out a couple of little itty bitty things like uh maybe take out the glove thing maybe just all the rest of it <laughs> it's believable even the craig otani it's all believable well because those are the kind of guys that jerry ends up getting in these trades it's always back to that that scene from major league where they go they're reading the names off and they're like who are these fucking guys you know that's what it always is this organization, something else. They're always just doing something, sticking their foot in their mouth. They need a kick in the ass. I mean, they had so much momentum the last few years making the playoffs, and it, they have not capitalized at all. And people are pissed, and rightfully so. And they do everything they can without thinking twice about it on how to rectify or at least sound, you know, somewhat conscientious of it. I mean, when they sent their uh social media post out when they traded those three guys they sent it they put them all in one thing and didn't even like individually thank them i mean they're just tone deaf on everything they do yeah let me let me let, that's a good thing to pull up here i'm gonna go to their to their instagram um mariners because let's see yeah you're right they put out one graphic you know me, I'm making graphics for the show now, personally. I make more than three in an hour. I, you know what? We should personally we should personally make them a, a thumbnail each. So, yeah, they did. Thank you, Evan, Marco, and Jared, for your efforts in the field and in our community and in the clubhouse. Thank you for everything. And then, before they even thanked them, they welcomed Jackson Cower. Yeah, I mean, I, was I the post do. before the post before said we have acquired Jackson Cower and minor league pitcher Cole Phillips from the Braves in exchange for Marco, Jared, and Evan. I know that's that is how it is. That's just the spin you're going to do. Mariners could have the worst game on earth, and the social media is going to jazz it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they have the toughest job in the city. That's for sure, Mariners. Uh, admins i mean to their credit though the next day or so after they did put a nice video from marco so i did see that that one on youtube is really nice where yeah they, they showed him from you know signing his coming to the mariners signing his contract during complete game working in the community he, he did mean a lot to this organization and uh, you know he's one of those tone setters for that clubhouse uh always a compete 
a guy who competes. Uh, look, the, the numbers don't lie. He had the quality starts. But to your point, though, about the Mariners operation and operation people and the social media, they do a great job. They probably come in all the time and they're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not just imagine if you work for the Dodgers or you work for the Braves or one of these. It's the easiest shit. You're like, you know what? We don't have anything today. Let's just go down and uh, let's let's watch Mookie Betts take batting practice. Million views, you know. Mariners, it's always like, well, let's put out this fucking uh, PR fire. Well, if I, yeah, I mean, if I was in charge, I would say this is how I would spice it up for him. And that's this is just me. You know, when they do those nice videos for Marco, you mentioned they go over, you know, when he signed and all that stuff. I would like to see some footage about when they give him a call, letting him know he's been traded. They should throw that in there as well. I want to see those videos. I know they're going to bring guys up, but they're going to do that. Yeah, look, give us some of that hard knocks footage. Because that's what Scott Service was talking about, right? He had to talk to these guys afterwards. I mean, especially guys like Mark, these three, Marco, who's been with him since what, 2017? Yeah, it feels like forever. I mean, he's the one who started this rotation when it was getting built up as the number one. I mean, he was he was getting the starts over Felix at the end of his career to start opening day. It's been a tough week, and I'm just the cherry on top of everything. Just a little, 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 another kick to the nuts, kick to the jaw. Let's keep it clean. Kick to the throat, as the needling would say, along with that hot dog and that drink for $4.99. Lou Pinella falls one vote. I, or let's say one cigarette short of the MLB Hall of Fame. Jim Leland gets in. They can only let two or one. They can only let one chain smoker in. Chain smoking manager in the Major League Hall of Fame. I think Lou will be in there next year. Um, I wish it would have happened right now, but now that he's been this close, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to talk and campaign uh, for Lou Pinella for the next year. Yeah, my favorite all-time Mariner manager. I mean, when when that announcement was made way back when, I thought, "Oh boy, we're on the way to big things." And we he he did some big things for us. Um but yeah, I'm pulling for him. He will get in soon. Yeah, Lou Pinella, bottom bottom line, I know we talk Griffey. Uh we talk about Edgar, that all the Hall of Famers, the great players on the field. Lou Pinella, I've said this before, Lou Pinella was what Mike Holmgren was to the Seahawks, where it completely changed it. You brought somebody in that the baseball world knew. The baseball world loved him, hated him, respected him. He had a ring. He was a Yankee, played on all those great Yankees team. He brought winning into the city that we had never had, never in that clubhouse, and you know, the entire time Lou Pinella was here, we were either in it, close to in it, or exciting. Yeah, what a guy. I must see TV every night just seeing him, whether it was in the kingdom, in the corner, kind of bouncing his feet back and forth off the turf, or you might catch him smoking a stogie, like you said, in the tunnel area or what have you, or throwing his hat or throwing a base. But uh, those players 
were he uh they played hard for him he was one of a kind and such a treat for us especially with us growing up in that era with that team having him be our manager never forget it yeah three uh trips to the playoffs in 10 years he leaves you know the rest of this you know the rest of this story yeah what is it one in 22 now yes and uh you know lupinello very old school about as old school as you get a chip off the old block from billy martin um but uh yeah people always give him a little bit of shit for running through running through his pitchers and his bullpens uh but that kind of seems like a Mariners thing, not a Lupinella thing. He did not like guys that did not throw strikes. He did not have any tolerance for that. And I like, I like that about him. I do. Yeah. I like the way that I know maybe some people have to say things about Pete Carroll's football. I like that he's a coach that does not like fumbling and turnover. And a baseball manager, I guess the equivalent of that is airs and walks. Yeah. Yep. Throw strikes, kid. That would be a, a quick little line or quick little line he would give his relief pitcher as he goes out for a quick check on him. <laughs> Throw strikes, kid. That was it. That was yep. it. Short and sweet. Just like this podcast. 